to the new problematic podcast. You know, we had to change our name because we did our research and apparently there was a couple other podcasts under the name You Up. And, you know, we're kind of new to this podcast world and we don't want no smoke. Isn't that right, Naitza? No, they just don't want no smoke with us. Hey, hey, cool it, Buster. Cool it. Chill, bro. Fight me. Fight me. Hate me because you ain't me. They hate us because they ain't us. They're just peanut butter and motherfucking jealous, aren't they? That's right. We're just talking a lot of shit. We probably, we have like three followers and we're over here huffing and puffing right now. Let's, let's cool. Let's humble. Let's humble ourselves. Let's do that, please. (laughs) We get some type of awesome feedback and I think I'm the shit. I need to calm the fuck down. Yeah, two people shout us out on social media and we don't know how to fucking act. This is true. I mean, I'm already talking to Rihanna. Excuse me? I gave Rihanna my number. Did you know? That's my baby. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) You bought one Fenty bra and you think you're that closer to Rihanna now? Really? I couldn't even afford the Fenty bra. I had to get like the, you know, sample lip gloss. Target bras all day. Exhilaration all day. Uh, I just wear sports bras. I barely wear fucking bras. (laughs) I don't even have one right now. Still wear my training bra from when I'm like 10 years old. (laughs) Like Disney characters on them and shit. You have like little Cinderella on the side and shit. (laughs) I know. It's like fucking, uh, what's his face from Pocahontas? What was the raccoon's name? Miko? Miko. Yeah, I got like Miko on like my tit. Like his eye is all ripped off on like the nipple part. You're like, this is my favorite one. This is my lucky bra. (laughs) I know I'm a fucking idiot dude but you know apparently Tiana has the juice so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna place my bets on that uh Disney training bra do you want to talk about when we were walking to the liquor store because we're alcoholics um <laughs> that old man that was checking you out excuse me you remember that fucking old man that was checking you out no I do not no I don't I did not recall such thing I don't know what exactly you're talking about sorry <laughs> it was a day that uh we went to to we were walking to the liquor store and we were crossing the street and he wasn't being subtle at all he was he was checking you out bro he was really checking you out um well i guess i was trying to repress that memory very hard also there it's like an infinite amount of times we've gone to the liquor store <laughs> So I'm trying to like recall like what specific moment because we Naita and I (laughs) have a habit of running into very interesting people all the time. So I think this particular feller was a user of the opioids and he was knocking shit down. What did he do? He he knocked something down before we were about to get into the liquor store. I forgot what he was doing. Oh, he there was like a branch or whatever. And he just kept talking. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. He was talking about the branch and like how the owner has to cut the tree or whatever because it's in the way. Oh, yeah. There were like a couple twigs at the window. At the window of the liquor store. And then we're just like all intertwined and shit. And he was just breaking them apart. And he's like, see, this is the problem. This is the problem with this city. All these branches and all these twigs. And I'm like, holy shit, is this me in 20 years? 
and um yeah i do remember uh was on our way to the photo shoot and uh when we went into the liquor store he followed us in and he cut in front of us and we thought he was gonna buy something but instead he talked the owner's ear off about what about the branches again what okay yeah that's that's you know that's life you know say la vie right the interesting people we run into say la vie well it's better than the you know the lady that punched you in the stomach <laughs> trigger i wish i can incorporate the kill bill musics but instead i have to make my own sound effects but you guys know where i was going at so long story short y'all um at the beginning of this year you know what literally at the beginning of this year january 1st um i was leaving my job and um typically i'm pretty alert i look at my surroundings and what's around me and i had my headphones blaring i'm just all cool ass in my own personal music video and um there's just this like disheveled woman she looked like a fucking cave woman she had five o'clock shadow she looked like shiva from mortal kombat she looked fucking crazy and she's walking toward me and i'm like all right this bitch ain't on shit i'm just gonna you know walk on my merry way i'm like 10 feet away from my apartment and she's swinging her arms really wide and i'm like okay cool well let me bust a move and like go toward the grass area and dodge her fucking swinging arms because this bitch was like swinging for whatever reason and i'm not paying attention and lo and behold as soon as i pass her this bitch punches me in the stomach this bitch punches me in the stomach and i'm winded i'm like uh did this just fucking happen right now and i look up and i i had like my to-go lunch i had like my styrofoam plastic box and i'm like clutching it in my hand and i'm like excuse me like i you know at times i like to think that i would be fucking tough tony or like billy badass during this situation but like i turn into fucking karen let me talk to your manager like for five seconds i was like excuse me are you are you fucking crazy are you fucking crazy right now and she looked at me and she gave me like crazy eyes like in other words like yeah bitch i am crazy i just left the psychiatric center over on brinmar like she looked at me like telepathically she didn't say it but like telepathically like she she said it she was like yeah i just escaped the mental institution bitch and i was like are you fucking crazy bitch blah, blah, blah. And she just glared at me and then she just went on her merry way and she just walked and she just left and I was pissed. I was like, and I was talking shit to her because I wanted her to fucking engage with me. I wanted her to fight me. So as I'm approaching my apartment gate, there's a, another tenant in my apartment. And dude is like, she's starting shit with you too, huh? And I was like, excuse me? And uh, he's like, yeah, she's starting shit with me the other day coming back from mariano's had a bunch of grocery bags and she just wouldn't get the fuck out of my way and like she was just starting to shit with me bro i had no idea what was going on i'm just like all right cool well 
glad we had this talk. I'm glad we bonded over uh, fucking batshit Carrie over there. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was, like, the last time I was going to see her. So I was like, shit, okay, well, let me keep this to myself. <laughs> I told a couple of people, you know, because I thought it'd, it'd be a funny drunk story to tell. But low-key traumatic. That's how I started my year. That was That's how I started my year. So Naisa and I, this was about two weeks ago. We had sushi in the same area. And, um, yeah, it's been some months. It's been like a good eight, nine months since I seen this batshit crazy lady. And Naisa and I, we sat at a window seat. We're riffing. We're just talking shit to each other. And lo and behold, she she brings up the fact that I got punched in the stomach at the beginning of the year by a crazy fucking lady. She's like, dude, have you seen that lady who punched you in the stomach in the beginning of the year? And I'm like, no, dude, I, I swear to God, if I see her, it's on sight. I'm talking mad shit, talking mad shit. Lo and behold, and I shit you not, I look up. And the woman who punched me in the stomach is glaring at me at the window <laughs> right next to me as we're having sushi and blowfish. And I'm like, and I, it's, it was like, it was like a movie, a movie. It was very cinematic. And I look up and I'm like, Naita, look up. That's the lady who punched me in the fucking stomach. And she like puts her handprint on the window on some like Titanic shit. Like, she was trying to engage with me and tell me, like, bitch, I remember you. I know. I remember your face. She puts her hand on the window, and I cock my head back, and I mouth to her, and I'm like, bitch, I see you. (laughs) Bitch, I see you. And we're talking shit, mind you. I'm in a sushi place, a very contemporary, sophisticated sushi place on the north side of Chicago, and I'm having, yeah, I'm just having a casual dinner just trying to be as adult as possible and this woman who fucking punched me in this this fucking crazy lady is talking shit to me at the window we're talking we're we're having this exchange through the window through a sushi place and she's like clutching her fist and she's looking at me and she's just like mouthing I see you, I see you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I see you too, bitch. I see you too. And I'm just like choking on my fucking dragon roll. I got wasabi, wasabi fucking, you know, smoking out of my nose as I'm talking shit to this lady. It was, it was priceless. I, I, I turned to Naita and I was like, dude, it's going to happen. As soon as I leave, I'm going to. Me and this lady, we're going to go at it, man. We're going to throw hands. Um, sure enough, I didn't see her. I mean, that's lucky for her, right? Am I right, Naita? Am I right? Uh, yeah, you're very right, Tiana. I don't sense certainty in your voice. You're supposed to have my back, dude. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You're a crazy lady. Don't mess with Tiana. I'm fucking Tiana the Destroyer. Don't you fucking forget it, dude. Don't you for- fucking forget it. I went Super Saiyan. And fucking five bitches in New York. In New York. At Governor's Ball. They can't fuck with me, dog. I knocked them down like dominoes. Dominoes. Yeah. (laughs) Who's funny now? 
Who's? Oh, you think I'm funny? Oh, you think I'm fucking funny? You think I'm fucking funny, dog? You think I'm fucking funny like a clown, dude? Dude, you think I'm a fucking joke? Dude, I'm always a clown, bro. I'm a fucking clown, dog. Fucking Pennywise, that's what you are. I look exactly like him. I have the forehead and everything, bro. Hello, Georgie. I just don't eat kids. We all know what you eat. We all know what you eat. Nom, nom, nom. I'm just I eat broccoli. Mom, I eat broccoli. I eat my broccoli. Yeah, that's, that's what we're going to call it now. What do you think of it? I actually like this one. I think it's better than the first one. You think so? Why do you think that? I love the visuals. I think it had a lot to do with like a lot of um, how we repress a lot of, uh, of our memories when we're kids. And I think like, I don't think a, a lot of people um, catch that growing up either. I think that's a, I, I don't know. That, I thought that was pretty cool. Like the visuals and everything too. That was, was kind of scary, bro. No, I agree. The visuals were definitely on point. Especially when you're a little stony baloney. It always helps. But yeah, I thought it was perfectly casted too. It was one of those things where it's like, I vaguely remember the original it. The, uh, I believe it was like a TV, TV movie. It was all like one full thing. It was like three and a half hours. Otherwise, like, like I said, it was perfectly casted. You didn't really need flashback to know who was who. You know, you knew Bill Hader was the comic relief. He was Richie. And um, who was the, the kid with the asthma pump? I always forget oh, his name. Man, dude. Uh, but you knew that guy was that guy. You know what? <laughs> that guy was that guy. And everybody knows what I'm talking about, you know, even with my vague description. Uh, but, yeah, I felt like James McAvoy did a good job. I mean, he's usually a beast. Um, dude, the guy who played fucking Ben, the chubster. Oh, man chiseled fucking face that jawline dude i was just like um holy fuck (laughs) this 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 man this man was like i feel like brad like the, the this generation's brad pitt i felt i felt like that's what it was his his it's his face i just want to sit on (laughs) (laughs) sit on and rotate I mean, you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> Just back up like a fucking... Beep, beep. Like a forklift. <laughs> boop, boop. <laughs> Incoming. Oh, my gosh. Um, I thought, uh, the one that played Stanley was actually pretty funny, too, man. Is it the, Stanley? the paranoid one? No, no, no. Eddie was the one with the asthma pump. Oh, man, I fucked up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he was perfectly casted. Apparently... According to Naitza, Eddie was my spirit animal. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, that part is still in my head. There's a, there's a scene <laughs> where he's, he's going towards a basement. And he just, <laughs> he rattles something. It's like a bin or something, right? He's like, yeah, dude. It was, uh, the, it was like a dream sequence where Eddie runs into a fucking nightstand and a lampshade and he's just like ah and like he just fucking loses it and he he's more terrified of that nightstand than he is of pennywise and that's why it was so fucking funny because apparently according to naita and most people that's how i navigate (laughs) my life you know that's how i start my day that's my day-to-day life just fucking screaming at inanimate objects 
Yeah, I think I was like the only one that laughed really fucking hard in the movie. Dude. I think everybody else was like kind of startled and shit, and they were just like, "This fucking dyke, man, shut the fuck up." <laughs> With this fucking lesbian Pennywise, shut her fucking muff cabbage right now. <laughs> My forehead was definitely beaming, bro. I can't, but. What I do want to talk about, what was most fucking distracting out of our whole um, experience while watching it? I, I don't know if you know where I'm getting at. Yeah, I, I definitely know. It's my family, bro. It's, it's your family. It's your, your cult family. Yeah, 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 yeah. But go ahead. You, you explain it. Um, okay. So I am, I try to be typically open-minded when it comes to... You know, every sexual orientation on the spectrum, you know, Mm -hmm. like Dave Chappelle said, I'm with the alphabet community. I stand by firmly. But like there was this polyamorous couple in front of us. And dude, I felt like they were trying so hard. Like there was a guy in the middle who... Who, what did he fucking look like, dude? I want to say, I'm not going to lie, I, I did kind of notice his face. He looked like one of those like indie rocker type of guys. I want to say like the guy from Oasis. He kind of <laughs> looked like that. Which guy, Liam or Liam. Noel? Like Liam? Yeah, Liam, yeah, Liam. Liam. He looked like a cross between Liam and, I don't know, he just looked a little dirty. He looked a little scruffy. He looked a little scruffy and then he had two chicks on his arm. One looked like Sissy Spacek, and, like, the other looked like fucking Kathy Bates from Misery. Jesus. <laughs> I'm going hard. You are definitely going hard. Do you just, like, really want a polyamorous relationship? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Hey, dude, chill. Chill, dude. <laughs> um, No, dude, I... <laughs> and I felt bad because it's... I felt like everybody's i felt like everybody's dad who's trying to be progressive i felt like that dad who's like hey my daughter's really liberal let me let me try to see what all this stuff's about and i'm just like i'm on i'm on board like i'm not knocking what you're doing but in the same token it's just like maybe i'm not as receptive because they weren't good looking and i'm a piece of shit that's a possibility but i felt like they were trying so hard dude he was like making out with both of them he had his arms like i i don't know maybe it was the the ah, ah. maybe it was the fact that it was a guy having like consuming or like having two women i don't know which put me off because i feel like that's like the ultimate male fantasy is having two women and I just, it, my feminist side was just fucking ticking. And I'm just like, ah, fuck this guy. I don't know who these people are, but like, ah, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? She's like, watch the movie. I was getting distracted. Like, dude, if you could see my face throughout the movie, I was just like, ah. Stank face face all the way, dude. Dude, I just think uh, Tiana doesn't want any men in this world to have fun at all. Um, I think that's a very bullshit pick me, pick me mentality. Did you just call me a pick me? <laughs> Podcast fucking over. Oh shit. Nice is gonna punch me in the stomach now. 
<laughs> so now that we're talking about movies, I uh, we've been wanting to watch Hustlers, but you talked about um, how the dancers didn't get paid. Well, the extras got paid. So the controversy that sprung from the movie Hustlers um, is that the the dancers who weren't appointed as extras weren't compensated for lost wages for the five days Hustlers spent filming inside. So a lot of that sprung controversy on Twitter. A lot of people were upset with J-Lo because I guess they felt that since she was the lead, she had some sort of power behind, I guess, these women not being compensated. I think it's a horrible thing that they didn't get compensated. But I, I think it's a far stretch to say that J-Lo would have the power behind that. Um, who's really to blame, especially according to sources and according to a lot of the dancers who weren't extras, would be management, would be the owners, would be... The fact that, you know, I'm sure the owner or management was compensated a great amount of money for the film. And I'm sure he didn't even, they didn't even bother to give these dancers a cut, which I find very unfortunate. The Another unfortunate part about this circumstance is that sex workers are looked at as independent contractors. So since they're uh, looked at as such, people feel like they're not deserved certain certain rights. And they're also um, not legally owed wages, which is also pretty unfortunate. And um, what makes that even more troubling is the fact that strippers are routinely banned from social media and payment platforms for selling access to private porn accounts um and some have actually been reported so the thing is they're they're obviously not unionized and they're looked at as independent contractors but they're treated like employees they're expected to work certain shifts and they're bound to other rules, you know, such as having premium Snapchats and, you know, extending their work outside the club. And some places also won't allow dancers to work at other clubs as well. Yeah. So they're they're confined to a lot of restrictions, yet they they're they're not legally owed wages for for the time that was lost. I, I and I think too that like um, a job like that that is a really hardcore job. Um, I don't think I, th- I I think a lot of people kind of joke like oh I could just be a stripper like no like that's a lot of core and like muscles and shit dude you gotta like climb and like it's a lot of fucking work on top of that it, it, it's that mentality of like fake it till you make it type thing you know what I'm saying so it's like they have to like hustle and act just so they can get like you know that money you know and sometimes i I feel like that can break you down sometimes you know what i'm saying so i think that's a very stressful and hard job it is and the thing is these dancers who weren't casted in in the film well just in general i I think all the the dancers as a whole they weren't notified until like a few days 
before the cast and crew showed up. So, I mean, they had X amount of time to find whatever labor or whatever alternative they can find at that very moment. It, they, a lot of them lost thousands of dollars. One dancer said she lost out 2000 to $4,000, which is, man. <laughs> That's a lot. Shit, I, I, I could only lot? wish to see that money, you know. I, I can make that money in like six months. <laughs> it takes me like a fucking half year to, to see that kind of money. Uh, what they do, I think it. I think that it should be that amount, type of amount of money. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, that <laughs> you said two thousand. You said two thousand to four thousand. Jesus Christ! Do they make that in one night? I, I've I've known I know a few strippers, and I mean they they make <clears throat> they make more than my check. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's that that's kind of fucked up, especially like uh, if you know you know your days and your shifts and stuff and what like you kind of count that up and stuff and you kind of lose that on a day that's kind of disappointing and yeah upsetting yeah i mean for a lot of these women like this is their bread and butter but yeah i mean i i also want to go back to like the whole outrage against some of the 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 lead actors in the movie and um Twitter, of course, Twitter feels like J-Lo is accountable, you know, for the loss of these, for the loss of their wages. And no, it's just like they had, I guess, I, I guess shitty management, the fucking owners, like notifying them last minute. The, ca- the cast has nothing to do with that. And however, um... I guess the director um, of the film, her name is, let me look up her name, Loreen Scafaria. Ooh, ooh. Um, But yeah, she confirmed everything on an Instagram post and she felt poorly of the matter. She, um, so what she went ahead and did was she posted Something on Instagram basically encouraging fans to visit Show Palace, which was the name of the establishment that they had shut down and apologized to the dancers that weren't casted. And she showed up at Show Palace after filming and all that other stuff with a couple of other professional dancers and a sex worker activist. And they came to tip the dancers and to pretty much redistribute the money that they had lost you know for that week so i thought that was kind of cool i wanted to say you said that it was only j-lo talking shit about like because there's a whole cast you know i was actually reading them there's there's actually some big ones up in here there's kiki palmer um there's julia styles man i haven't seen julia styles in a while dude whoa and she's on a stripper ball julia styles dude wait what's that movie damn yeah, I'm gonna fuck it up. I like how yes, she went from save the last save dance the last, to uh, last to hustlers, dude. She moved her way up. No, what's she she learned the little two step, and now she's uh, twerking that ass now. <laughs> I think that's the one that's like invited to the barbecue, man. Like definitely, like that. <laughs> that was a good movie, though. What was the movie that you like that made me cry? Which uh, I mean, a lot of movies make you cry. 
So we we kind of have to narrow it down. With Heath Ledger. With Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. Oh, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> Ten things I hate about you. Fucking classic. How did you forget about that one? Well, you, you, I, I never saw it until like you told me about it, and then I, I was just like, why, why did you do this to me, Tiana? You made me cry. What, dude? You, yeah, you have to have seen Ten Things no. I Hate About You. I never did. You even got me. What was the other one? Five Hundred Days of Summer. I can't, dude. I can't believe you have not seen Five Hundred Days of Summer. I, I did with you. Remember, I was crying on your couch. No, I'm aware of that. But prior to that, I mean, it's just it's such a such a classic. Did you did you identify with Tom? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not crying. You're crying. It, My eyes are sweating. OK, it's hot in here. You look like that one meme that's like puts the happy mask, but he is like bursting in tears behind the mask. That That's what you are right now. No, when I when I uh first saw Five Hundred Days of Summer, I felt bad for Tom. And if anything, like I was kind of on Tom's side. I was just like, oh man, poor Tom, you know. And then as I got older, I'm like, holy shit, I'm I'm Summer, I'm a fucking cunt, <laughs> and I'm totally Tom, dude. I feel totally I'm Tom. totally Tom, dude. I'm totally Tom, bro. That's what happens, dude. I feel like. It's just those certain girls are like character builders in your life, you know, and you're just like, Ugh, hope I find my autumn, I guess. You will eventually. And she'll break your heart, too. Bye. She will break your heart as well. Ah. Just just. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> she already knows my whole life. Are you my God? Yes. What if God was one of us? Hosting the podcast right next to you. I can't picture God being you with this messy bun, <laughs> these yoga pants, and the sweater, bro. Like, I feel like God has more more swag. You know what? No, you kind of look cool. I like it. I mean, yo, are you gonna roast me? The God has to be incognito at all times. It's the, it's the ones that you least expect. Okay. Um, but yeah, going back to Five Hundred Days of Summer. Le- okay, let's get back on to the argument as to whether tom or summer was in the right sure they were both flawed characters but the thing is um summer was very upfront with tom that's true that's true that's true true. she was upfront with him she straight up she told him i don't believe in the idea of love i think it's a you know a fallacy um you know i i i think that that we romanticize it too much and no one really knows what the fuck it is you know and yeah she was forward with him and he still had heart eyes and still went in for the kill okay but right after come on she gets with somebody bro and she's like locking it down i did what i okay what i found upsetting was the fact that she knew how Tom felt about her, even after the breakup. And she's like, oh, you're still my best friend, blah, 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 whatever. But she, without letting him know, like, she invited him. I think it was it was her engagement party. It was she she had something at her at her place. And oh, man, that the most heartbreaking part was when they had the split screen, which was the reality and the expectation scene. 
Ah, uh, so real, so real. And, you know, and the expectations, he's giving her, you know, book and she's ecstatic and they're having the time of their lives and they're, you know, they're conversing. He's making her laugh. And then in the reality uh, screen, you see him kind of an outsider at the party and he's kind of to himself and she's showing off her engagement ring. And then that's when it hits him. And yeah. I felt like she was a see you next Tuesday for that. She knew how he felt about her. See you next Tuesday? What is that? Can you Um, say? Okay, for those who are not hip. uh, (laughs) See you next Tuesday is a a cunt. Really? Uh, How is see you next Tuesday a cunt? It's a thinker. It's a thinker. Are you trying to say I have no brains here? No, I'm just saying use them. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I I think this may be the last episode to the podcast, like ever. I I think I have a lot to think about. <laughs> All right, well, just let that marinate, everybody. See you next Tuesday. I mean, if you want to use it, go ahead. I didn't invent it. You can use it on your boss, and you know, eventually get fired. Do what you want. Do what you want. Um. But, but yeah, like I said, she was wrong for that. But I mean, I don't know, man. Shit happens. You've never, you've never had that experience where you're seeing somebody and it's going well, but it it eventually fizzles out, and then you come across somebody who, who just fucking fires like dopamine in your brain like non-stop and you're like who who like what is this witchcraft going on exactly. and you can't explain it and it's addicting. It, yeah and they're almost like a drug but i don't know and, and then and she explains it to him you know when they're sitting in the park in the park bench and she was like you know i didn't believe in the idea of love and and marriage but you know here i was reading a book at some cafe and some guy asked me what book i'm reading and we had this conversation and then from there you know i fell for him and uh and then she says what if i never went to that cafe what if i you know i i would never have met the love of my life and that tears them apart which is even more sad and he turns his face and he's like holding his steers. <laughs> Can we um just change the subject now? <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you want to watch it again? We should watch it again. I'm triggered at this point. Okay, fine. We'll watch ABCs no, of Death again. again. <laughs> hey, I love that movie, dude. That was a good movie, dude. ABCs of Death, man. It, um uh if you haven't seen it, I recommend not doing any hallucinogens or any psychedelics because it's that type of movie. But highly recommend. It's beautiful romantic comedy. Why don't you recommend fucking dog? What is it? Dog tooth? Oh, dog tooth. Yeah. So, um, see, I got put onto that movie some weeks back. My boyfriend put me onto it, and it's this Greek film. It's about a man who basically raises his children to be completely feeble minded. Like he gives them like ass backwards information. They're homeschooled. Um, 
And at this point in the film, they're like in their 20s and they have the mentality of children. Um, they, they don't know shit about sex education. They don't know what their body parts mean. They don't know anything about the world. They're like caged animals. And he almost, he trains them to be dogs. Like there's a scene of them like barking and on their knees and shit like that. It's, it's a crazy film. But yeah, shout out to my boyfriend for putting me on to very disturbing movies. Boyfriend. Oh, you too. Oh my god, you're in a relationship. Big whoop. <laughs> oh, Helen knows the owner. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Excuse me? Nowadays, everybody want to talk. They got something to say. <laughs> I know. What the fuck was that? I was like, I bet you're popular, but I said you sure are popular. <laughs> oh man, I wish I was. Speaking of popular, I saw that. um the event for my high school reunion was oh, finally organized. Dude, don't do it. Don't do it. Why, dude? Dude, I was so popular in school. They had they have to see where I'm at now. Right. You tell them where you have <laughs> with this, with your life, buddy. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I don't know. You should come with me. We should have like a Rumi and Michelle type of thing. No. I'm so down. Can we, like, lie about our shit, too? Like, you're, like, this big business owner and shit. We invented post-it notes. <laughs> I invented toaster shootos. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna... <laughs> we're gonna dress up in, like, fucking gaudy 80s business attire with, like, really wide shoulder pads. We have, like, the crimped hair and shit. We have the crimped hair... <laughs> We got some, like, fucking ugly-ass kitten heels on. Dude, we're not even from the 80s and shit. <laughs> like, we are very important business ladies. We do business stuff, if you haven't been informed. This is what you call business fashion, okay? We know a lot of people in the industry. Oh, yeah? Like, who? Uh, you know, the business kind, Okay. We take care of business. Yeah, that's right. Hey, look at our shoulder pads. You know we mean business. We're going to fuck up, dude. <laughs> I can't wait, dude. Open bar. Open bar. Are you actually going? Fuck no, dude. Oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I've, I've discussed this with my boyfriend. Uh, we talked about how he should pose as my pimp. And I should come as a prostitute and, like, paint, like, a black eye. And I think that'd be fun. Tiana, that's too dark, okay? Like, just stop being fucking weird. Dude, but come on. I mean, it'd be something to talk about. I, I Dude, that would make everybody's night. They'd be like, oh my God. I, I mean, she was doing so good. I mean, didn't she go to Columbia College? Didn't she get a good degree? What is she doing now? Now she's... When did they become old, like old New Yorkian ladies? <laughs> Why do you have that accent? What? What is it? Yeah, they all become like fucking yeah. like. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing with your life, Tiana? They have like the fucking owed by focals with the, like the fucking strings on yeah, them. Yeah, for some reason, all my classmates turn into like old Jewish ladies from New York. Jeez, dude. <laughs> All right, but let's 
let's cut the bullshit what i really want to talk about let's talk about this new kanye album everybody's talking about when the fuck is it supposed to come out anyway wasn't it supposed to release some days ago and then he was like ah just kidding so this weekend he's having the uh the release parties um the listening release party what the fuck is wrong with me the listening parties um he had one in detroit yesterday uh friday night and he's having one tonight. tonight yeah he's having one tonight at um the auditory auditorium theater and of course tickets were snapped snatched up within seconds it already went on we missed out tickets, da, da, yeah. da, da. so it says ticket holders were advised that all cell phones will be locked and yonder pouches until the show ends okay so we wanted it really exclusive very kanye very kanye move um in addition attendees will also get a sneak peek at an upcoming imax film jesus is king from director nick knight okay so i guess a movie is going along with this like this it's a full-on experience it's a full-on extravaganza okay uh let's see da, 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 da. but yeah what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on this new album are you are you anticipating this album do you just want to see what he has to offer like how you feeling i mean there's no doubt that uh kanye west is a very talented person he's a motherfucking uh prodigy you know he he's 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 really good in this music industry he's great but um I don't know, just the whole what he what he has put out there, all this like crazy ass shit with the MAGA. Kinda me like kinda made me like stir like steer another way from him. But I mean, I would like to see what it's about. It's he's been doing all this gospel stuff, which is not something I'm really into. But um I mean it still kinda hits. Did you see that he um made a gospel song out of genuine song? Genuine uh what pony? Um what song was it? Uh I'm gonna look it up. It, All right. It's one of the songs. You, I know you know it too. Of course, I know every song known to man. I wrote every song known to man. You know it. Uh, but yeah, it, was, it, it it actually slapped. I was like, okay. No, I mean, as a composer, as a beat maker, you can't fuck with the, can't fuck with the kid, can't fuck with Jesus. Um, I mean, of course, you know his lyrical game. We c- that is definitely up for debate. So anxious. Mm-hmm. That was the name. No, you Sing the fucking song, Naita. You can't play it because we'll get flagged, know. dude. Sorry. It's sorry. Okay, fine. It's that song. Slow. So anxious. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you sound just like genuine. Dude, when I'm drunk, I sound like Rihanna, so shut up. I am Rihanna. When I drink. When I drink, though. When I drink. Um. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I have mixed feelings. At this point, it's more so curiosity. Yeah. It's just like, okay. I mean, it, I had the same energy with um, with Ye, with the last album. That, was, that one was really good, though. You, you got to admit, that you didn't like that one? I just thought, I didn't think it was bad. It just felt like a draft to me. I felt more, more than ever it was kind of more depressing. Um... I don't know. Like there was a lot. That was it was really dark. 
that I think it was probably one of his darkest. I want to say I was like, whoa, like uh, there was one that I, it's actually the one that I actually like about like how he wants to like kill her and all this stuff or like some jealousy type of song. I forgot the song, dude, but I got to go back to it. I think it's the first track. I, I know exactly exactly yeah. what you're talking about. I think it starts off with him kind of um, it's kind of like stream of consciousness in the yeah. beginning and he's just talking shit and then it goes in like the beat drops probably like two minutes into the song like it drags and then yeah he's but i think he's talking about like killing himself or killing like yeah. a, a version of himself or something like that but yeah it was it was a very dark broody album that's when he uh he went over to wyoming and kind of got like i don't know he kind of lost himself a little bit and he he was off the opioids and he he just wanted to go off the grid for a bit um but yeah it was like it was only eight tracks and a lot of the tracks were really short on top of that and then there was a lot of again like stream of consciousness and just just talking yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. I it was good, though. I liked it. um but i don't know um I'm curious to see where he's going to take it. It might be very gospel influence, you know, especially with the Sunday services that he's been doing. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I miss the old Kanye. Kanye. I miss the old Kanye. Which one's your favorite album? Ooh, you can't do that to me. You can't do that to me. How could you be so heartless? <laughs> you were the 808s? You know my emo ass loves the 808s, 808s and hot break. Um, yeah, you know what? Growing up, graduation was always dear to me. I mean, they all have a place in my heart because they all represent eras in my life. They're they're all experiences. Like, dude, like I remember when college dropped, the dropout dropped. I don't know why that was a, such a tongue twister for me. <laughs> I remember when college dropout had dropped. Um, yeah, that was what, like, oh four, oh five. I think it was like oh four, dude. And then like, the Chappelle show was like still up and running. I was in seventh, sixth, seventh grade. Oh shit, dude. I I think so. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I think I was like sixth, seventh grade when uh, through the wire came out. Um. That was an era. Late registration was definitely an era. I had that playing on a loop on my little like yeah. CD player Walkman, whatever the fuck, just dragging that around. Um, yeah, but graduation was really dear to me, too, just because uh, I got it as a as a gift. I think I think it was like I was on the honor roll or some shit. And they're like, you like Kanye, right here. Congrats. Wait. No, it was my parents. Oh, <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool, though, if, like, if your school did that? They honored you for getting good grades or, or like, actually you're like, here, here, here's an album. Like, dude, fuck, if we just gave kids vinyl. <laughs> I'm going to open up a school and it's going to be very, it's going to super hipster, you know, flooded with Anthony Fantanos. Oh, God. <laughs> Everybody just wears plaid, colored plaid <laughs> shirts. Wow. Jesus, dude. I gotta say, though, Graduation is like my favorite album. Can't Tell Me Nothing is on my like top like five 
favorite fucking songs like you don't understand i even still listen to it. i was just tripping on acid and that was like the first song i wanted to hear and you wouldn't understand how i was in the car the uber driver was like you want me to play it again i was like yeah dude drive around again like car, <laughs> you know drive around again i want to feel like this right now like amazing ass song dude that shit like make, gives me confidence dude confidence. confidence so much confidence yeah um and then that's when he he started to like shift gears a bit like sonically it was uh, a lot more futuristic and uh a lot more synthy too so yeah so that was really interesting but 808 that was a pivotal moment and that was that was a really dark moment in his life because that was during the time of his split from his wife his divorce and right after his mom down to west died too so it was a very dark melancholic moment um but i don't know just not only like lyrically sonically aesthetically um and uh and that's the thing too when 808s dropped motherfuckers did not know how to gravitate to it because it was such a different kanye and he's using autotune and people were like what the fuck is this like people were not receptive toward it and it wasn't until after um people really started to fuck with it and um and if you think about it i feel like 808 808s and heartbreak was so influential to uh to hip-hop in general i i think it's because and i don't think kanye is the first to do it but i i think he was the one who who had a major influence uh as far as rappers talking about their feelings and not even not even on like drake shit though but like literally talking about depression and really heavy topics depression grief heartbreak you know what i mean and uh you didn't really hear that in rap music you know i mean because most rap music is supposed to be braggadocious i'm this i'm that i take your girl i do this but it it was uh i don't know he changed the game a bit and and you can hear the influence especially with like bad news what about bad news that, that that's the one that was like really fucking dark dude that oh yeah oh <laughs> Didn't you know I was waiting on you, waiting on a dream that'll never come true. Oh my God! Yeah, and then like that, like the really intense, like tribal drumming you hear, Mm -hmm. like like juxtaposing with him, like just like mumbling in auto tune. great (laughs) maybe that description didn't do that song justice because i just said mumbling in auto-tune that's like the worst fucking music critique ever so like i take that back but uh y'all know what i mean right (laughs) y'all know what i'm saying that ain't that ain't no problem that ain't no problem um but yeah like when uh maybe this is a stretch correct me if i'm wrong but like when we think of like really somber rappers today like the little peeps or like the you know sh- like xxx tentacions <laughs> or like who else who who else ha- kind of has that that aesthetic like like the rappers in their feels type of thing and like i said not on even not on not on no drake shit though not on no like 
girl, pick up the phone. Even though your boyfriend's around, not that bullshit. I'm not talking. I'm talking about like feels, though. Feels, actual feels. You sounded like a shitty fucking commercial, bro. Girl, pick up the phone. <laughs> like what? What? But okay. <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> It, this is true. I, I I was trying to think of another rapper that 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 did have that. I can't think of one at all. Um, that actually expressed a lot of emotions because he he talks about not even just just hurting him, like him being hurt. Like he talks about like how he feels about you know about that heartbreak or something. You know, like it's not always too nice. We always say those certain type of words. You know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I just. 808s 808s and heartbreak will forever remain dear in my heart and then you know uh my dark beautiful twisted fantasy i always jumble the words together because i don't i don't know if uh twisted comes first or beautiful comes first whatever our listeners are probably really upset they're so mad at me right now they're like this fucking fake ass fraudulent bitch She's not even from Chicago. She doesn't even know what she's talking about. She doesn't even go here. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was a very that was such a beautiful album. It was very maximalist, very orchestrative. Um, dude, like Runaway, Runaway, such a classic, such a classic. The way he manipulated the auto tune to sound like a guitar, like the oh, yeah, yeah, in the in the middle of the song. You know I gotta go with monsters. Oh, let's talk about monsters. You wanna talk about monsters? It's monster time. (laughs) Come on, you already know, bro. You you know what? I know everyone's sick of me talking about Nicki Minaj. (laughs) I know, yo. I think. Look, guys. I, I, you guys have to understand that this is not an obsession. This is me loving and idolizing an amazing artist. Anyways, fucking Nicki Minaj's verse killed that shit, dog. That shit was that that was like that was her ultimate best verse. I want to say that was definitely. Um, do you remember about what Kanye was gonna do or no? That he was gonna like take out her verse because she got so much attention from it. I think that's what kind of low key kind of helped her boost her way up, you know? Because that was that was a sick verse. That was a definitely sick verse. Oh, I dude, one of my favorite verses of all time, and she had the best verse on that track. She killed Jay Z. She killed Rick Ross. She killed Yeezy in his own track. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, you think that was kind of like strategy for Yeezy? Like the fact that he was like, Oh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take your verse out type of thing so she can work harder because he believed in her? No, he actually was in an interview and was like he he came to his senses like, you know, that that would have been a shitty thing to do, but he it was like you know, like some of these artists are like they, they want more of attention on them type thing, especially because it's its album. You know what I'm saying? It's his track. So he's like, what the fuck? You know, like, why is she getting so much attention for that? And, you know, uh, I, but he did admit and he apologized about it. And he was just like that. You know, of course, I couldn't take that verse off. He was actually supposed to do a verse on Massive Attack and he didn't do it. And I think that's what caused the whole issue was that. 
Oh, I didn't know the yeah. whole. I didn't know he had. Uh, he was supposed to be on Massive Attack. I didn't know that, but I knew that there there was a little bit of jealousy mm-hmm. with her. Um, with her verse, dude. She fucking murdered it, dude. <laughs> dude, fucking six shots of Hennessy later, and fucking Monster comes on, dude. I'm reciting that verse word for word, like theatrics and everything. Uh, <laughs> dude, yes. I don't even need shots in. I just said, pull up my number. I'm like, whoa, where am I going? Where am I going? <laughs> dude, when Monster comes on, shit, I could be walking an old lady down the street and somebody puts on Monster. I'm pushing that fucking old bitch in front of a bus and I am reciting that word for word i don't give a fuck <laughs> fuck them kids fuck that old lady <laughs> okay so now that we're talking about albums and shit you know what i'm saying yeah you know i'm saying let's talk about a good great album that just it was it just had their 14 year anniversary yep um panic at the disco <laughs> Panic at the Disco. Guys, you guys have to know this album. If you don't, what was wrong with your childhood and shit? Anyways, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out. Um, it's, it's September 27th. It was the 14th anniversary. What was your favorite song? Lying is the most fun. You already know. You already know. Such a catchy chorus. Such a cool, like, surreal video. Just everything about it, dude. Do you still get the video? Like, I never got it. Um, People with fish tanks on their head. Okay, so that's how they live? I Do we need to be on an acid trip for the? I don't know. Like, <laughs> The world may never know. It's a fever you can't sweat out. It's a fever, it's a fever dream you can't sweat out. That's what it is. So... <clears throat> To this day, it remains certified double platinum according to the Recording Industry Association of America, which I think is fucking awesome. I think this is, like, a really good, like, I can't even, why can't I speak now, Tiana? (laughs) You give me the mic and I go, hey, I don't know what I'm talking about. But it's one of the greatest albums in our fucking teenage years, I gotta say. I mean, it's emo. It's emo, but it was, like... It was it was good to dance to and rock the fuck out to. And Brendan, Brendan Urie. Oh, my God. Brendan Urie, our pansexual prince. (laughs) Um, Shit. What can I say about this album that hasn't been said? It just was it was the soundtrack to part of my adolescence, which was it was a phase. I couldn't sweat out. That's what it was. Wow, I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> Jeez. Speaking of history being made, did you uh, check out the the fentanyl show? Tiana, the Fenty, <laughs> the Fenty Savage Fashion Show. The fentanyl savage show. No, uh, the Fenty Savage Fashion Show. The fashion, passion, fruit, fashion show. Yes, I fucking watched it, okay? I watched all four of what you just said. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I'm glad you did. No, but, no, in all honesty, uh, I heard it was really good. Yes. 
So what were some highlights? Because I sure as hell didn't check it out. Not, and it's not because I have anything against Rihanna. I just, I've been so busy this week. I just been, you know, my life is just so busy. Not really, but let us know what happened, dude. <laughs> Tell me, help me, help me, help them, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> Rihanna, oh, I just called you Rihanna. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Tiana. Okay. Um, it was actually pretty good. I liked it. It was uh it was a performance and a fashion show. <laughs> I just cut it off. I feel like I feel like an SNL character. Like just a, a, I feel like I feel like Rachel Dredge doing Debbie Downer when she would just break character and start laughing after <laughs> Jimmy's Fallon. I'm like Jimmy Fallon, like trying to eat the like fucking Disney pancakes while, while you're fucking up. That's me, baby. That's me. I fuck shit up. Tiana the Destroyer. So yeah, I watched the Fenty Zone. I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, to name some of the ones that I actually saw on there was Big Sean, ASAP, ASAP Ferg, Twenty One Savage, Migos, Carol Levine. Laverne Cox, um, Norman Normandy is that that's how you say her name, right? Normandy, um, Sean Combs' son, uh, Christian Casey Combs, Halsey, the Hadid sisters, you know them Hadid sisters, bro. Uh, DJ Khaled, Fat Joe, uh, your girl that uh, Tierra Whack, and Fabulous. Um, one of the other things that I noticed, I, they're they're not. I mean, they are big actually. They are a dance group that I've been watching since um 2007 they were on america's best dance crew um called request dance crew they are in the justin bieber sorry video um they were they were the backup dancers for uh j-lo's 2015 ama performance um in the beginning of the show uh sierra's and sierra's level up these girls are fucking crazy how they dance and how they sync with each other. I, I, I don't know. But, um, so they were uh, the main choreographers for the show as well. And uh, Rihanna actually performed as well, um, which was in the beginning. I can't wait for more music from Rihanna. No, uh, I think everybody's anticipating some music from Rihanna and... I don't know. I, I feel like Rihanna's like the female Frank Ocean in the sense where she like teases music or she's like, oh, like she'll she'll show a little leg and, sh- and then she'll put it back. She's like, no, just kidding. You <laughs> I said, get away, get away. Um, I mean, I didn't check out the Fenty show, but like I've I've seen like a couple articles, some photos and um What's really cool about uh, Savage Fenty, um, well, the show in particular, is that uh, she has, like, a a diverse array of models. A lot of different body shapes as well. I saw, like, I thought that was pretty cool as well. She literally got, like, everyone on there, like, all different body shapes. And um, a lot of people of color as well, like... A bunch of diverse, like diverse. It was a diverse group. I mean, I say diverse, diverse. Potato, potato, tomato. Versace, Versace, Versace. I don't know. I'm just saying words right now, dude. That's cool, That's cool man. 
I think we should wrap this episode up, don't you think? All right, y'all. If you haven't already, subscribe, share, phone a friend, tell a friend, tell your therapist, tell a barista. Stay gold, stay weird, and you already know. Fucking TED Talk.